Better in Bucharest is a podcast about life experiences, leadership lessons, faith and hope. This podcast will show you that you don't have to compromise your values to achieve happiness. My guest for today is uh, Ben Jackson, who is the CEO of Bungie. Bungie is a Kansas-based company with a similar concept to ride-sharing apps like Uber and Bolt, but instead of transporting people, it transports people stuff. Ben, who is originally from Budapest, Hungary, dreamed up the idea after moving to the US for college and receiving constant requests from college students to borrow his car to move their things. Now, the company has raised $10 million in venture funding, has over 5,000 active drivers, and has scaled to over 100 cities in nine major metros. So, Ben, welcome. So good to have you today with us. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. So, Ben, if I will ask you to describe yourself in 20 seconds, what would you say? Oh, that's a, that's, that's a good question. I would say I love uh, Jesus. I love my family. I love solving tough problems and I love working hard. Mm. And um, those two, the, the last two, really probably all of them uh, combined uh, makes me prone for entrepreneurship. And uh, you are the CEO of Bungie. Maybe not too many Romanian kids know about Bungie, but can you tell us what Bungie is and how many markets are you on? And Yeah, yeah. So... So, you know, I'm, I'm willing to bet that most people listening have been there before, you know, where they've needed a, a pickup truck, you know, think like an American pickup truck, but they haven't had one. And whether you're buying a couch, you know, online or a mattress from the store or a, a big screen TV, you know, unfortunately, everything doesn't fit in a, you know, little Toyota Prius or even, you know, on the subway or on, on a tram. So um, uh, Bungie is similar to Uber. I'm sure you have Uber. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like Uber, but for pickup trucks to help move big stuff, essentially. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, with, with that being said, it all started. I was a senior uh, in college. I drove a black 1999 Ford. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was a Ford Ranger for if there's any truck nerds out there. But it's, you know, a tiny little truck. Most Americans don't even consider it a truck, you know, because it was a little four-cylinder. And, uh, and one day I had four different people ask if they could borrow it. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to consider myself a nice guy. But uh, after that fourth request, I was exhausted. You know, I was laying in bed that night and I was probably more angry than I should have been. Uh, you know, probably still sweating from moving people's stuff before. I was like, there's got to be a better way here. And uh, the next day I was in class, I was sitting next to a loose acquaintance of mine. And, uh, you know, I, I, I remember it vividly. The teacher was talking and I kind of whispered him a problem and uh, he whispers back. And for some reason, he just kind of shrugs his shoulders and he's like, okay, Ben, like, let's, let's start a business. And we had no idea what we were about to get, our, about to get ourselves into. Uh, but we walked out of the class that day with a simple concept, tap a button, get a truck. And, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've come a long way since then. Um, I know a lot of times people say, you know, it started, you know, a big business like Apple or, or Google or Microsoft started in a garage. You know, we were in college. We didn't even have a garage, right? So, so it started in a dorm yeah. room. And, uh, and uh, five years later, um, we have a team about of, uh, um, 50 employees, about 5,000 drivers. Um, we've raised uh, over $10 million of, uh, of um, 
of funds from some of the top venture capitalists across the U.S. And uh, we're operational in 30 different major markets uh, in the U.S. And uh, looking forward, um, you know, we're, uh, we're probably three years away from having a nationwide infrastructure layer in place. And, uh, you know, this, is, this includes drivers, this includes partners, uh, this includes the platform, the tech, the logistical IP, really end-to-end value chain process and knowledge. And it will be uh, one of the biggest sharing economy, gig economy footprints uh, in the U.S., well, you, you you grew up in Hungary, and you said, um, um, I, I think I read this on your LinkedIn profile, that, uh, you know, growing, growing up in Hungary, that helped you in problem solving, social adaptation, and into intellectual flexibility. Tell, tell me more. How, why, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question. And I, I think a lot of it has to do um, uh, with... Um, being in international spaces, being in, in, in international communities. And, um, uh, you know, we've all had um, times in our life where, you know, it's, it's, I don't know really what this person's culture is, or I'm not familiar with it, or I don't know what they're saying, or, um, and, and it really, it, it's a skill to learn how to uh, connect to people, uh, to understand them, uh, to make friends, to read their body language, that most Americans just don't have. And, um, and, uh, even from an international standpoint, you know, being in a culture, uh, that isn't your own, Mm. um, you do have to think creatively and you do have to kind of navigate it in a different way that a native would. And I think there are a lot of lessons, um, that you can take from growing up in different cultures, uh, and, uh, a lot of fundamental things like problem solving, you know, that apply to both, uh, that, that really helped me with entrepreneurship. Well, uh, and, uh, you know, now your business developed and it's on so many markets, but I'm curious about the beginning. How was the beginning? So from that idea then to actually starting the business, how was that beginning? Because in a way, it's nice when you hear this kind of story. Oh, I had this idea in college and then look, now I'm doing this great. But I... It's not easy. So I want to hear your, how was the first years? I don't know. Personally, uh, how was it for you? It was, it was, it was one of the hardest years of my life easily. And, um, and I guess, I guess I'll, I'll rewind a little bit here. And, um, so it was again, our, our senior year of college, we had this idea and, uh, we said, okay, you know, we need to get an app, an app built, a mobile application and to get, to get it built the right way. Um, it cost about a, a quarter of a million dollars. I, I don't know what that is in, in, in yeah. Lou or, or but Leo, yeah, you multiply by four. So, okay. Yeah. A, lo- a lot of money, a yeah. lot of money. Mm, yeah. And you know, we're, we're two college students, you know, I'm, I'm some kid from, or you lived in Budapest, Hungary and our co-founders in Denver and we're, you know, somewhere right in the middle and, you know, we don't know anyone with, with deep pockets, you know, or with a lot of money. Uh, so we're like, okay, what do we do? And, um, and, uh, to make a long story short, uh, we were, we were walking out of class one day and, uh, there was a bunch of names that were etched in marble, uh, on the wall of our college of business. And we're like, okay, we, we, we might be onto something here. And these are names of people who have donated, you know, a ton of money to the, to the college. So we took a picture of it and we Googled it and we Googled all these names for, you know, like three days straight. And, uh, we ended up sending maybe a, a fundraising letter out to, maybe 150 people. 
And out of that, we probably got 20 different responses um, uh, and maybe got seven different meetings and uh, three offers. And the thing that was tough though, is that the, all the offers were like, Hey, this is just an idea right now. And, um, and we don't invest in ideas. You have to, you have to show us that people will actually pay for the service. So we're like, well, how, how do we do that? And they're like, take your truck this summer and go prove that, that this is something that's viable. And, um, this is what they said. Yeah. This is what they said. And it's like, well, I don't know, you know, and, 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 you know, I, we had both good internships after college lined up and, um, you know, a lot of the advice we, we got was don't do it. They're like, this is a, this is a crazy idea. You're going to spend your summer hauling around people's junk in your pickup truck and sweating when you could be, you know, going to the corporate world and start and, and just like, yep, we're going to do it. And, uh, you know, again, a lot of people said that we're dumb or stupid and we're foolish and, you know, we, we, we might've been right. Cause it was a long shot, but that summer we ended up doing, uh, almost, uh, 200, 300 deliveries, um, and, you know, a small town of Manhattan, Kansas, where, where, where our college was. So, so that validated the idea. And then out of that, we got an initial investment and we spent the next seven, eight months in development of, of software development, trying to get the app out. And, um, you know, so, so by the time, uh, our launch date was ready, you know, we had foregone these internships where a lot of people said we shouldn't do it. You know, we weren't making any money. I mean, I, I drove for Uber, you know, during the nights and the evenings just to make ends meet during that time. Um, you know, we, we had waited for eight months and, and then finally we are on, we're on the week of, of, of launch, launch week. Right. And you know, Harrison, he's Bungie's co-founder and I, you know, we were thinking, okay, um, it's going to be amazing. We're going to do thousands of deliveries and we're going to make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in our bank account by the end. And, you know, we're going to ride off into the sunset in a non-romantic way, of course. And, um, uh, by Friday of that week, uh, we ended up doing, um, three deliveries, uh, for a total of like, I don't know, $39 in our business bank account. And, uh, it was crushing. It was crushing. And, um, uh, you know, I, I remember sitting there on that Friday, um, it was Friday afternoon and we we're just sitting there in silence and it was like, what, what, what do we do? Right. And, you know, like maybe this wasn't supposed to happen. Maybe, you know, we, maybe we just let this huge investor down. Maybe this isn't something we, and, and, um, and, uh, so we're, we're sitting there in silence, just both questioning everything. And, uh, you know, one of us asked to, to the other person, well, like, well, what's next? And, um, uh, it, it was, it was a pivotal moment because we had two options, right? We could say option one is to say, you know what? Uh, we're too young, you know, or we've never done something like this before, or we don't understand how to, you know, grow a, grow a business or we don't, uh, you know, there's a thousand excuses. There's always a thousand excuses, you know, or option two is we put our heads down, we get to work and we figure it out. And, uh, Obviously we chose option two, hmm. um, you know, despite, uh, the, uh, the, the, the soul crushing reality of, of not having our expectations anywhere met. And, uh, you know, thankfully I can say that, you know, what, four years later, um, we did figure it out and, you know, there, there are new, there are obviously new problems today. There's bigger problems. Um, um, but, uh, but 
I think that's a, a pattern is just of, of figuring out how to solve problems when they occur. Hmm. And uh, you were married back then? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, how was it, you know? How was it? Because uh, I see that you and Ember are all in together. How was... I I think that was that was probably one of the most important things um, about uh, entrepreneurship. And before uh, we decided... So I, I was married right before Bungie started. So I, I spent the last uh, summer of university... Or the last year of university married. Um, and uh, again, you know, the plan was for me to go to the corporate world, you know, start climbing the corporate ladder. And, you know, along with that comes decent money, yeah. a, a lot more than hauling people's stuff around in the back of your pickup truck all summer. And uh, I remember sitting uh, down with Amber, my wife, and I just said, hey, listen, um, most people would think this is a dumb idea. And most people would say, let's not give this up. Uh, you know, the stream of the, the corporate world and the money. It's like, but uh, I think I want to give this a shot. And, but I'm not going to give it a shot if you're not all in on it too. And she's like, and, and uh, you know, essentially it was, it was, let's, let's, let's bet on ourselves. Let's make an investment in ourselves. And um, I don't know if this will translate, but in America, there's something called sugar daddies, which is, yeah. okay. Okay. You guys, okay. So sugar daddies. Yeah. 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 So the, the joke was Amber, uh, was uh, was my sugar mama uh, for the first uh, year and a half, and she she was a waitress and um, and uh, paid our bills because you know for the first two or three years the company wasn't making any money, we couldn't take a salary. So um, she went all in. We made the decision ahead of time, and uh, I think that I mean Bungie would be Bungie would not exist today if uh, if it wasn't something that she fully backed and fully supported. Hmm. That's amazing, Ben. Uh, so when you build it, Bungie, what what are the core values of Bungie? What's behind? What's the engine? Yeah, yeah, that's that's another great question. Um, I'm actually, you know, I should have these memorized, but I have them pretty close. But I'm just pulling up right now on my mm-hmm. phone. Uh, so the the first uh, the first value of Bungie is that we're curious, and um, uh, we ask why. Uh, we figure out reasons why it didn't work. Um, we explore solutions and we never stop learning. And I think that that's one of the most important things uh, about problem solving is um, being curious about uh, why things are working and why things aren't working. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another one is, is we persevere. We push through brick walls. We believe in the power of grit. Uh, we're tenacious about solving problems. So, so curiosity, problem solving, curiosity and, and perseverance equals solving problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you keep on chipping away at a problem long enough, um, if you persevere, uh, the problem will most likely get solved. You'll you'll most likely figure it out. Uh, We have three more. Uh, One is we communicate. So we ask for help. We listen with curiosity. Uh, We discuss ideas, roadblocks, and solutions. We kindly argue. So I think that's a, I think this is key because everybody has a different perspective and everybody sees the business in a little bit slightly different way. And in order for you to make the best decisions as a business, you have to talk it out. And, and both sides have to have open channels of communication. You know, as CEO, um, uh, I will be losing if Bungie ever gets to a point where someone feels like they can't come up to me and criticize uh, a decision or at least maybe not criticize, but at least uh, 
push me and say, well, why are we doing this? I don't think this makes sense. And we'll have a conversation about it. And a lot of times, you know, we'll be arguing, you know, in a conference room about a strategic decision. And, um, and, you know, people who uh, aren't familiar with the business will say like, oh, like they must hate each other. must be mad at each other. But, you know, we'll go out of the conference room, you know, best buddies, slap each other on the back. And, and, and that's, I think that process of iteration of kindly arguing uh, is, is uh, extremely key. Um, two other things, uh, two other values were customer obsessed. Uh, we work tire- tirelessly for our customers. Uh, we solve their problems and earn their trust. We delight them. Um, so, uh, understanding what your customers want and, uh, um, creating a service that fulfills their problems obviously is key to being in business because without customers, you don't have money without money, you don't have a business. Uh, then lastly, we do the right thing. Uh, we start from humility. Uh, we act with bold integrity and we drive to make a positive impact around us. Hmm. And, um, uh, you, you know, I think that, uh, you can be. I think there's three core parts of successful businessmen. Uh, one is, uh, being smart. Uh, one is working hard and, uh, one is, uh, integrity. Hmm. And, um, uh, with, if you, if you're, if you're not smart, uh, but you have integrity and you work hard, you know, you're working on the wrong things and it's going to be hard to get traction. Uh, if you, um, are smart, but you don't work hard and you do have integrity, you're just not going to get anywhere because you're not working hard. And then, uh, and then lastly, you know, if you have, if you're, if you're smart and you work hard, but you don't have integrity, it's going to catch up to you eventually. Mm-hmm. It always does. It always does. And you'll get the reputation of don't do business with this guy. Um, he's not honest. And that's, I mean, your reputation is the most important thing you have. So, mm-hmm. um, again, smart, working hard and integrity. I think those are the three keys for, um, longevity and, uh, and being successful in business. Can you keep it closer? Yeah, yes, sir. Perfect. Uh, you you also uh, you said in a recent article that if you're in in it for for money or power or fame, you're going to lose. Um, and also you said you have you have to find something bigger than yourself to get you through the tough times. So what what why are you in for what 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 you're in for? That's a, that's that's a, that's another great question. So I'll, I'll answer the first one. The, the first question first. So I, I think, I think entrepreneurship is glamorized, um, these days. Do you know what I mean when I say glamorized? Yeah. Um, it, it's glamorized these days and, um, uh, it's easy to look at Mark Zuckerberg, you know, the founder of Facebook or Evan, uh, Spiegel, the founder of Snapchat and just think, wow, they have it so easy, you know, but, um, you know, we, we weren't there 10, 15, 20 years ago, you know, when they were, uh, uh, in the, in the dorm room, solving problems, taking punches to the face. And, um, and I, 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 I think we, we, we don't see the full, the, the full picture of entrepreneurship. And, uh, I like to, uh, to kind of compare entrepreneurship, you know, in movies when, um, there's like, you know, action movies, there's two people fighting, and, um, you know, one guy, uh, gets like punched right in the face and then like the camera's kind of behind him and it's like zooming on his face and there's blood coming out of his mouth. And, uh, and, and then like he, a lot of times, you know, he'll like spit out, spit out a tooth. Um, uh, and then he'll get back up. 
Like Rocky. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then he'll like look back at his opponent and he'll smile, yeah. right? And I feel like that's, that is entrepreneurship where it's not, um, you know, sipping margaritas on yachts. It's literally getting punched in the face, uh, spitting your tooth back out, uh, getting back up, looking at the problem, looking at the opponent and smiling. And uh, if, if you're doing entrepreneurship uh, because you want power or fame or success, you're not going to last. You're just, you, you're not going to last. And it takes, uh, and I think that's something that, you know, especially with social media influencers and entrepreneur influencers, it's like, Oh, look at my cars, look at my jets, look at my house. And it's, and it's like, if, if, if that's why you're in it, you're in it for the wrong reasons and you're, and you're going to lose. And, um, um, and, and I think that's what, what a lot of people miss a lot of young entrepreneurs miss. And I, I wish, I wish I could have told myself that too, how, how hard it is. Um, to be successful. Would you start again if you had the experience from now? I would think a lot harder about it. Um, but yes, I would. I would. But it, it, it would be it'd be a really tough decision. Mm -hmm. uh, and you mentioned the, the idea of getting punched in the face. And you mentioned in the same article that you are, you are really good at getting punched in the face. Uh, tell me more. It's like a natural uh, trait or you develop this um, power to... to I, I, I think that at the end of the day, um, it's a decision. And it's a decision to get back up and keep chopping away at it. And, and you know, I, I, I don't want to, um, uh, I, I don't want to convey that it's only entrepreneurs who have, I mean, it, this, hap this happens to everybody, right? I mean, for, for college students, it's you work really hard, you get a bad, t uh, a bad grade on a test. Okay, I'm going to do better. And you study three times as much and you still get a bad grade on test. That's, that, that's tough. That's mm -hmm. getting punched in the face. I mean, when it comes to raising money, you know, it's people just say, no, 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 no. And then you have a great meeting with someone. You think it's going to be awesome. You think they're going to help. And then, nope, sorry. No. And I mean, there's so many examples of getting, of getting punched in the face where it's, it's, uh, I mean, this applies to everybody. I mean, I'm sure that in, in, in the corporate world, it's, You know, you work very hard on a project. You're really excited uh, to show this to your boss, and then he says, "Nope, this isn't it. This is this is not what we were thinking. Uh, start over." I mean, there's there's relationships. You know, there's relational, financial, emotional. Um, there's there's a lot of different forms of it, but um, um, uh, but I think at the end of the day, it just uh, comes back down to how badly do you want it, right? And uh, your level of grit and your level of saying, "Okay." Um, I'm going to double down again for the third, fourth, fifth time and, uh, and keep, um, working, working at it. Uh, even though most at this time would have quit. Hmm. Do you have any mentors right now? I do. I do. I do. I have, uh, a couple different ones. Can you tell me in what it's like professionally or personally or? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, a lot of the. I, I think so different people, this works differently for different people, right? So I, I don't want to say that there's a blanket rule of this is how mentorship should work. Uh, but what I've found the most success with in my life is, um, 
splitting my life into almost different categories or different segments, and then finding a mentor who I love the way they do that segment of life. So for example, uh, my business mentor is different than uh, my marriage or uh, my, my, my marriage mentor, which is, uh, you know, different than, I mean, I don't really have a like physical mentor, yeah, but, but it, I understand. Yeah. So, so I, so I, I mean, most importantly, I have uh, more of like a spiritual, spiritual yeah. mentor and uh, also part, part, he also helps with marriage stuff. Mm. And then I have a couple of different business mentors as well. And uh, I think that's, I think that's key is, you know, uh, one person usually can't do everything and they're in, and I think if they say they, they, uh, they do, they probably don't. But I, I think it's key is, is splitting your life into segments and saying, uh, in this segment of my life, who do I want to, what, what type of life, what, who do I want to imitate? I guess I'll say. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then pursuing that person. Do you recommend any book for the college st- students that might hear this story and I don't know, uh, want to take a leap of faith? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Or maybe to help them uh, think creatively or solving problems. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a book. Uh, it's called uh, Zero to One, um, and it's really really interesting uh, because it, it, it's talking about creating essentially. And uh, the premise of the book is, you know, it's the hard. It's hardest to go from zero to one. It's easier to go to two to three and three to four because you're iterating on something uh, that already exists, but going from nothing to something uh, is is the the hardest uh, the hardest thing to do. It's called it's it's by uh, Peter Thiel. So zero to one by Peter Thiel, mm. and um, uh, it, it's it's a great book for people who are inclined to create. And again, I mean, this isn't just entrepreneurship, right? Mm. It's yeah. all different types of creation, uh, artistic. I mean, I won't list them all, but all different types. So zero to one by Peter Thiel. So Ben, we are at the end. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, sharing your time with us. Uh, the final question is, what would you tell to the Romanian college students um, who wants to start a business or who will listen to this story and say, man, this is inspiring. I want to take this road. Um, it will probably be one of the hardest uh, things that you do, but at the end of the day, it's going to be worth it. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider Bungie at this point to be a success yet. We still have, uh, big mountains to climb ahead of us, but, um, um, but it's, but it's a hundred percent absolutely been worth it. And, uh, and you'll grow, uh, more than, you know, as a person, uh, as a, a person, I've grown a tremendous amount in my faith. Um, I've grown in my marriage, um, and, uh, and, and you'll be better for it. So again, it, I think it'll be very challenging. It'll be very difficult. Know that ahead of time, but if you've made a decision that you're in, you're in, and if you stick with it, um, you know, it, it'll, it'll pay off for the rest of your life.